Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so this isn't the first time we've talked about this. We know there's guys out there looking to last longer, go a few extra rounds, if you know what I mean. Everyone wants to be confident when it's time to head to the bedroom. You need to just go to bluechew.com and bluechew.com has the first chewable that brings your performance to another level. And check this out. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. They're chewable, so they can work faster. And you can take them anytime, day or night, even on an empty stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two, so this is a no-brainer. Basically, if you like sex, you like BlueChew.com. Plus, you don't have to have one of those awkward doctor visits. BlueChew's online physician consult is free. Once approved, your order will ship straight to your door in a discreet package. And we have a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free. That's right, free when you use promo code HOLLYWOOD. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code HOLLYWOOD. And then you can thank us afterwards. What up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing so good. Excited for today's guests. Today is going to be a good one. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the uh, podcast. Unlike Ellen, we keep our whole employees. They're all nice. They're all very happy. Uh, we have <laughs> so a very happy just staff. Just you and me. You, me, just and, you and, me. and Pat. <laughs> Pat, who edits our, yeah. our stuff. <laughs> we, yeah, he, Pat is our editor and also our human resources. So if there's any complaints, <laughs> Dax, just go right to him about me. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, can you imagine? I have to do a letter for the both of us and explain to the company. Oh, say, hey guys, I'm really. Oh man, it's it's it's, it's terrible. But I what, mean, what crazy story with this whole Ellen thing? It, it, you know what? At the at the same not, I'm not Hashtag that surprised. Take down Ellen. No, but I I love mm-hmm. Ellen. I do. I I know. I've heard many stories over the years that uh, she isn't the easiest person to work with, but she's entertaining, and I, I like her on TV. Let's just say that. Isn't it crazy though? Like the stories we've known for years. For instance, Harvey Weinstein. We all knew he's a dirtbag for years. It finally comes out. Ellen. We've heard stories about working there. You know. Well, I've uh, heard. I've heard rumors. I've heard that it's not that. It's not that fun behind the scenes. But at the same time. It's also hard to go, well, I, I didn't work there, so I don't know what it's really like, you know, and there's a lot of people that talk shit on their job. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what's interesting, though? It's hard, though, especially in the, in the entertainment field, because we all sign NDAs, so you're not really allowed to speak. You have no platform to speak. So I'm going to talk uh, so much shit on you, though, when once this is up. <laughs> we have no NDAs. Oh, I'm going to tell all your dirt. Oh, no, all the dirt. Then you're going to talk about Then I'll tell everyone how you mistreat the staff. <laughs> Try me, Dax. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. I'm excited to talk to Brian Austin Green. So let, let's uh, let's give away we get our to autograph. Him. Yes, and then Dax, we can get Brian him. on here. Uh, okay, so let me. Uh, so as everyone knows, if you are uh, you know if you listen to our podcast on a regular basis, we give away a celebrity autograph once a week to the best comment left on either iTunes or Stitcher page. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read one, and then. Adam will give out an autograph thanks to our friends over at Autograph City and Primetime Signatures. But this one comes from uh, 
Kate G95. There's a lot of teas in there. Uh, the title says this podcast spills the best tea. You guys are the you guys get the best guests and the interviews are always so juicy, but without the awkwardness, other hosts seem to create. So happy to listen to a podcast where the controversial guests aren't being bullied. This makes them divulge so much more tea and I live for it. So five star review. Thank you, Cat G. Uh, Adam. Who is Cat G getting autograph wise? So I put my name in a hat and I have a few names put, in there. I you put, put your name. name in the hat? No one wants f- your signature, bro. Oh, they don't want my autograph? Okay. <laughs> Forget about it. There you go. Um, uh, so I pick out a name and see whose name uh, I get. I have a bunch of autographs. And it is Tim Allen. Ooh, I like Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. That's a good one. Tim Allen, home improvement. <laughs> no, Tim Allen autograph. <laughs> Uh, coming to you. So DM me your address. Uh, DM me. Say, uh, hey, I you uh, called my name. DM me, and I will send you an autograph photo of Tim Mallon. Thanks to our friends at Primetime Signatures and Autograph City. They are the best celebrity autograph people out there. I mean, they kill it on Facebook. I mean, they do these mystery boxes. Huge success. Shout out to them. Dax, tell us about our guest today. Oh, so excited. So our guest today... Obviously, you know him as an actor, a producer, someone we all grew up with from his days on the original Beverly Hills, 90210, Brian Austin Green. Welcome. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Yeah? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been look a lot. Look at this fucking beard, man. Look at this I know. This look how beardy beard. you're getting. This is huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to trim this at some point soon. Not cut it. Just trim it. Just, just trim. make it look like presentable. Yeah, I mean, if you shave it all off, there, there goes all your power. So you don't yeah, want to shave, shave it off, full man. off. It's like shaving off dreads. <laughs> I just I'm, shaved I'm, mine I'm, the other day. Mine was getting pretty long. And then I was like, you know what? Having the mask on. It was yeah. really annoying with like a facial hair. So I was like, see, you know what? I feel the opposite because really? it, it pushes the mask away from my face a little bit. <laughs> so it gives me a little sort of like breathing room around there. And, and, and the beard hair, uh, cre- it makes a good filter. <laughs> Yeah. How do you age so well? But, I got to know. I mean, seriously, like dude, you're, yeah, you're, you're beautiful. Come on. Old, what's going I guess? on? Uh, I work out. I don't fucking eat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink. I think that's one thing that I learned about you. Don't you don't drink. drink. And I think yeah, no. looking at you, I'm going to have to stop drinking, but I can't. So we're going to move on from that. But that, that's you know your key. What? You know what I found? Like as I, as I got older, cause I, I used to drink when I was a kid. Um, the hangovers were, they just got so insane. It was like, you know, it would take me like two or three days to fully recover from one night of drinking. And it was like, I can't. This sucks. I, I'll, I'll smoke weed and I, I feel great the next day, you know, so I'll just stick to that one. I, I think that's what a lot of people say when they get older. Like the hangover is brutal. If you just yeah. smoke some weed and then you yeah. at least you don't have a hangover. You wake up totally. and you're fine. John, no, you have no fucking John Mayer said something really good about weed. He said like alcohol, if I give two hours of alcohol, it takes 20 hours away from me. But if I give, you know, 45 minutes to weed, it doesn't take up. It doesn't take away from any of my life. Like no. It's no, there's no hangover. It's totally. just fine. That's a, no, it's a really good view. And it's true. Are you still doing your crazy diet where you were eating butter that I've made fun of you for like four years about? Oh, the keto? Yeah. The, the keto diet? No. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do that. I do that on and off. Um, uh, I'll do it every once in a while just for, I, I don't know if you've ever done a uh, keto diet. So the idea is that you eat healthy fats and then your body burns through whatever fat it has stored. Um, with, with the, the, the ketone levels inside of your, your blood and your body sort of take over and do that. And um, it's cool, but it's sort of, you, you do it for like two months here and there. You, you don't, it's not a diet that you live on because it's, 
you're not supposed to eat carbs at all. And that's, it's insane. I mean, you can't, you know, you get to the point where it's like, okay, no fruits or vegetables or any of that. It's not super healthy. It's great when you're on the diet because your energy feels great. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you have to get back to a little bit of normalcy, you know? So were you actually taking blood and like checking your ketones that way or? Yeah. 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 There's, uh, there were, I ordered them on Amazon. It was, I, I used the same, same sort of test kit that you would use for, uh, uh, like glycemia, you know, for, for blood sugar testing, but it's just for ketones. So it would literally tell you just by putting a, a drop of blood on something, what your ketone levels were for the day. And then I had an app in my phone that was like, that would, I could put in what I was eating, how much weight was, you know, in meat that I was eating, how much, and, and how many sticks of butter and whatever I was doing. And so it sort of keep, don't make that face. Dutch. Uh, it Come is. On. Uh- <laughs> Dude, it you're not, like you're so not being supportive the, at the, all. The idea of eating buttered <laughs> that's not I'm on not toast even, or not on like not, corn not, on the cob sounds so gnarly to me. I wasn't eating regular butter. So the idea is that grass you eat healthy butter, like fat. Ghee. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're eating grass fed butter. So you're eating. I'm doing it now, by the way. So are you? Yeah, yeah. I just start, I'm not doing keto, but I'm doing like grass fed butter. Well, ghee yeah. and with eggs and stuff like that. Yeah. Grass fed butter, more fat they, and sugar. Yeah. There's a there's a company too that. That, that Kerrygold that makes the, the butter that's grass-fed, they taking, make yeah. cheese also. So really? they, they make uh, grass-fed shredded cheese. See, Dax, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, go sit on your bed, okay? We'll take this from here. I've literally been attitude. making fun of him. When you told me this, like, I've literally been making fun of him for like three years about eating sticks of butter. I think it's so funny. But, I, dude, it works. But, I'm telling you. you, know, do you do, I, I've seen your shirtless and, Instagram and photos. Honestly, it fucking works. And honestly, those sticks of butter, they, they become like candy in a weird way like you you know like it, as you start cutting up cubes of butter and you salt them a little bit they're fucking delicious and especially yeah. when you're really hungry throughout the day you eat a cube of butter and you're like god that was the best cube of butter i've ever eaten <laughs> Dax, i'm with brian on this honestly it's pretty yeah. good it really so, is. do you do do you do uh butter in your coffee um, I did for a while. So you're talking about like the bulletproof coffee? Sure. Yeah. I did for a while, but, um, I, I have, uh, colon issues with, um, the acidity in coffee. So I try and stay away from coffee as much as possible. And that bulletproof coffee was so acidic that I would, I would drink that and, you know, I'd, I'd feel it for like two days. Oof. Yeah, so. I love biohacking. I love all this stuff. It's <laughs> right. great, man. I, I, get, I trust me. I get nerd out with you about this stuff. I'm trying it's, to make a superhero. It, it's amazing. Like when you, you know, it. I'm because I don't, I don't follow um, science and and Western medicine to the T. But some of it that's that's been developed and and ha, has been sort of uncovered and and um, coconut oils and all of these healthy fats and these things really make a huge difference in your diet and your overall uh, feeling and, and in working out and being active and all of that. And especially when you're my age, when you're 47, like, I need all the tricks that I can, that I can find. So that's uh, butter, keto, it's, it's a big one. So have again, you, again, you're Dax, in Malibu, go fuck though, right? yourself. I see that look on your face, <laughs> that judgmental look on your face. That's the problem with having cameras on during this podcast is you can't hide. All this. That's the point. I want you to that you can call me out for it for sitting here and going, oh, my God. All right. Are you well, you're in Malibu, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're Malibu. So have you ever worked out with like Laird Hamilton and those guys? I know they do the big XPT life and it's a big, you know, no. they're all those guys are health crazy. No, I. uh 
for me, I, I have a trainer. I do a lot of like uh, CrossFit weight training. Um, he has a private gym over in uh, uh, like Reseda over there. Um, for me, it's a big thing of like, I like being healthy and fit, but I don't want to look like somebody that spends all their time in a gym. I, I don't want to look like that's just my focus because it's not. Um, I just have to, I have to keep up with my kids. So I, you know, I want to, I want to stay as active as, as possible. I don't, I don't want to, uh, get older and start having issues because I'm not, I'm not working all that out. And you, you start learning as you get older that the heart is a, is a muscle and, and, you know, you have to, you have to be conscious of the brain and brain health and, and, and all of that goes together. Whereas when you're younger, you're like, as long as I'm working out, fuck the rest of it. It's all, it's all good. It's all inside. Um, and then as you get older, you start realizing, oh, well, if I keep putting this in my body, it, uh, it stinks. It backfires on me a little bit. So, you know, one thing I don't think we've ever talked about that I've always been interested, um, we, you know, on our show, we like to kind of go back and find out how people got their jobs or how they landed in the entertainment industry. And I don't think I've ever asked you how you got the job on 90210. Obviously, everyone knows you from 90210. That is just that's synonymous with your name but how did that yeah. end up happening so so i started acting way before 90210 i started acting when i was nine mm -hmm. I, I joined sag and and i was doing that um i was going to an elementary school and a kid that i rode the bus with to school he was acting he was doing commercials and stuff and i thought that was really cool so um so i went and i met with his agent and started acting and i did uh like Knott's Landing when I was a kid. I did all these commercials and all this stuff. Um, and so at the point when we, when we did the pilot for 90210, that was probably the 11th or 12th pilot I had done. So it was kind of like, it was just another pilot. Like we were just gonna shoot one. It was a presentation thing for the network. Uh, Fox at that point was a really young, fledgling network. And um, and the, the concept didn't seem that awesome for the show. So I, I, I kind of expected like, oh, we'll do a pilot and then I'll go back into pilot season and go do something else. And then um, so I went in and auditioned and um, Tori had seen me in some teen magazines before then uh, from doing Knott's Landing and all of that. So she had pointed me out to her dad um, so she was really helpful in that in that for me um and then uh aaron aaron was just a great guy but like i went in i'd known doug emerson for years i'd known shannon for years i'd known luke for a while we actually did a dr pepper commercial before we started shooting and uh and we became really good friends on that set so then when we got to the set for 90210 i was like oh hey what are you doing here oh good to see you like we it was it was pretty cool because we had that sort of, you know, chemistry from from before, and we had that uh, we had that in common. Um, but yeah, nine hundred two one zero was just a pilot. It was it was called Class of Beverly Hills when we did it, um, and uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> so <laughs> we, our, our our hopes our 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 hopes weren't that. My hopes weren't that. I don't want to speak for anybody else. My hopes weren't that high. I was sort of. I, I was coming from a place of like, I've done a bunch of pilots and the odds are that pilots aren't picked up. So you do one 
and that's your job. And you go and do that and you do, it's like doing an episode of any show and you go do one and then you move on. And, um, Fox being as young as it was, I think, I think that's what gave us, uh, gave us the, the, the chance I mean, that that's, that's the reason that, uh, that we stayed on in the beginning for as long as we did, because nobody watched it uh, and nobody watched the first season at all. I mean, we would go, go promote the show at like pie eating contests and all sorts of stuff. And nobody could even remember the name of the show. Wow. Um, and it wasn't until that summer when they did the summer episodes and all the other shows were in, uh, in repeat and kids were out of school that, uh, literally overnight, like it went from nobody watching the show to everyone watching the show. And how it was did, crazy. How did your life change after it blew up? Um, how didn't it change <laughs> <laughs> after the show blew up? I mean, that was, um, I was 17. It was, it was insane. It was, it was, I had up until that point, new kids on the block were really big, um, big in the scene. You'd, you'd always see like news footage and videos of them performing and kids rushing chain link fences and security all around and like the mayhem of it and the craziness of it. And then all of a sudden when that was happening with us, it was, it was really surreal. It, it did, it, it's, it's odd. It's, you know, when you, when you spend so much time watching other people go through something, you really feel removed from that. Like that's some other universe that you're just getting a peek at. And then when all of a sudden you're in that universe, it, uh, it just, it feels, it feels a bit like you're a guest in it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like something that, uh, that you alone deserve, which I didn't, uh, I, the, you know, I was, people know my name from the show, but they know the name of the show. Um, so, oh yeah, I'm not, I, he's the guy from 90210. It's not like, it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you go, oh, he was in Terminator and he was in this and, you know, so they know the name Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's, uh, it's a different experience that way. Um, but the show was, I, I mean, it was, I was so young. I took so much of it for granted. I think like I didn't, I, I got to travel really cool places and have some really cool experiences and I don't, um, I, I didn't really uh, appreciate a lot of them because I was so young and I just sort of was in awe of all of it and felt like, um, I kind of felt like on some level, well, isn't this what everybody does? Like <laughs> everybody like travels around and does cool stuff like this, right? And then, and it wasn't until you get older and you go, yeah, nobody gets to experience stuff like that. Like it's a rare few that get to experience something like that. but. It, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty on that for sure. Yeah, I had to get like therapy with you, but do you ever like regret it? Like, do you ever like be, be beat yourself up and be like, man, I wish I was more present. I wish I was like appreciated more. I was more grateful for it. You know, do you ever, or did no, you ever do well, that? No, no, because you can't. I mean, it doesn't. It's and and maybe maybe I'm only answering this question now because of where where I'm at. But I kind of feel like. In life, you know, life just is what it is. And it's all about how we experience it and the people that we choose to be when we're in it. And, um, and I mean, looking back on it, sure, I wish I, wish I had been more present and I had appreciated it more. But, uh, but that wasn't what it was. And I can't go back and change it now. So, I, you know, now I appreciate 
those experiences as much as I can now. And I try and revisit little bits of that as much as I can now. And I try and tell stories to my kids about that experience as much as I can now, because that's my way of time traveling and, and, and doing that and appreciating that. And, you know, doing, doing things like this, like doing, doing the podcast with you and Dax and, and people bringing up stories that maybe I'd forgotten about is, is a really good way of doing that. Cause it's, it's, it's amazing when all of a sudden somebody reminds you of something and you go like, I didn't remember that at all. Like, but now that you bring it up, everything's like, you know, flying back in. I remember all of it. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I was listening to. I remember like, so you, so all the pieces of the puzzle all suddenly come together, but it's, you never know when it's going to happen. But, uh, I appreciate all of them. They're, they're amazing. I mean, my life has been amazing. I can't, I can't complain about any of it. And even if I could, I shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you know, partly the key to the success of the first show was because Fox was young and they gave you a chance. And then you guys did this reboot. uh, What was it? Last summer, right? Last summer you did the reboot. I loved the reboot. We both did. We loved it. We called each other right after. We said we enjoyed it. It was so. It was unique. We're going to kiss your ass a little bit. It was different. (laughs) It was fun. It It was. It was. Yeah. It was fun. It was different. It was the first episode. Was like, what the fuck is going on? And then we realized what was going on. We're like, this is actually kind of cool. It was. I thought. I thought it was brilliant writing. Um, I, I just thought it was so different from anything that was out there, and, and it left me with huge question marks of like. Is this show going to come back? Are they going to ever do it again? You know, you you guys have kind of hinted or I've heard like Tori hint or, you know, some people hint that like potentially there's a life for it. Are we ever going to see this show again? Because it was so fucking good. I don't think so. I, it's, you know, some people viewed it as like we were canceled, but that was that was never my understanding from Fox. I mean, from. From day one at Fox, it was a six-episode summer event. So it, it was supposed to be sort of this mini-series, and it was the, it was the making. It was a great concept. It, it's the making of a reboot. It's what it takes to, uh, to write and package and sell a reboot, and and for it to get picked up. And and it happened to be the reboot of a show that was popular. And so we were all, we we had the we had the fun time of sort of playing versions of ourselves playing the characters that we played before. So it was kind of a, it was a fun thing that way. But at the same time, we got to have, we got to have fun, uh, fun with the characters. And it was, it was a good time. We, I, we had a great time shooting in Vancouver and I thought it was a really fun experience. And, um, but it did well. So why aren't we seeing more of it? That's what I like. You don't always get shows that people want back. So like, what? why can't we get another season of it or six episodes? Well, because I don't think I don't think your opinion uh, <laughs> translated into numbers. Max. So, but I remember um, it being one of like the highest rated things right when it debuted. No, it was it was in the beginning. But but then the show, the numbers week to week declined. They, they went down, which uh which I was sort of expecting. I mean, I was expecting that people would tune in in the beginning because it was like, oh man, this show that, we, that we've heard about forever or watched when we were kids is coming back. So everybody wanted to see uh, what the show was about and, and, and see if it was enjoyable or not and all of that. And then, and, and then a lot of people went, they saw it and they went, okay, cool. 
not realizing like, oh, there's only six of them. So you might as well just watch all six because it, yeah. it's not it's not going to kill you for six weeks of programming. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was done. I thought it was done really well. I know I know some people have have sort of hinted at, you know, the possibility of the show coming back or getting picked up for more. Um, that's not that's not how I view the story. <laughs> I don't, don't want to call anybody out. I don't want to, I don't want to crush anybody's dreams, but that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't what I, I thought it would be. And that wasn't, uh, my intention wasn't to do, to, to make it another series because I, I sort of feel like the story was told. Um, at the end of the whole thing, we, we ended up at the Fox upfront. The show got picked up. And we walked out, we walk out on stage and they, they intro us and you know, we are ourselves. And, uh, so I felt like that was a fitting ending. That was, that was, that was the ending for what the show was supposed to be. I mean, beyond that, I don't know, I don't know what you make the show. Uh, it's, you end up what shooting a bunch of episodes of 90210 within this thing. And it becomes, it's like, what, you know, what is the story? What is there, what is there to tell? I don't, then it becomes this sort of serialized thing. And uh, to be honest, I don't, that doesn't interest me a lot. <laughs> That's we, you know, we've, I've, I've, I did 10 years of that show. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like that was, that was enough. And, <laughs> and I like the stuff that I'm doing now. Yeah. Who are you closest with from the show? Who do you still get? Do you all keep in touch or is some people you keep in touch more than others? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably closest now with Ian and Jason. More than um, Shannon. I talk to Shannon all the time, but with this quarantine and with all of that, it's been hard because of the pre-existing condition for her yeah. that she's at high, such high risk for uh, for for Corona and, and the damage that that can come from it. So, we I, I've seen her a few times at like the grocery store and stuff like that, but she's she's really been quarantining and and, and taking it seriously as she should. Absolutely. Um, we we talk to each other we talk to each other a bit um shan is sometimes i'll text her and she won't she won't text me back for like two days <laughs> and so so i don't up oh. hello i'm here All right. yeah cool yeah. so i don't i don't take offense to it um but uh but yeah she's she's sort of you know she's She's got her own stuff going on. And then um, Jason is a little better. He travels, though, a bit. Uh, he, he was traveling a bit to, to, to uh, Toronto to work for his show. Um, but when he was here in town, I would talk to him a lot. And I talked to Ian all the time. Um, I mean, I, I talked to everybody, but they're, but they're... I mean, Luke was probably... I was probably closest to Luke just because he was he was a really interesting guy like he would he would send text messages every once in a while that they weren't for any purpose other than just to reach out and let you know that he was like thinking about you so he would send we used to uh we used to joke about um in living color when Damon Wayans would do that skit, wrote a song about it, wanna hear it, here it go. And he would just text me that. Wanna hear it, here it go. Like that's all he would text me. <laughs> and it was, just, it was just a shout out of like, oh, you know, are, are you there? And, and so, uh, so, you know, he would do that. And, and we, would, we would 
text each other random like Harry Connick Jr. quotes or cable guy quotes or uh, in living color lines and um, and and then I'd see him every once in a while and you know he was he was a really a really special person w as far as just connecting with people like he would I've talked about it before like he's he's one of the few people in life that I've met that if you spent an hour with him at lunch that hour was literally with him like his his phone he would put it down and it was just all about you and how you're doing and it was it was the most um it, it was the most connected that I had felt with anybody just sitting and having those moments and and so and and that's what builds that uh brother brotherly bond you know is, is having someone that does that that you feel like really really has taken the time to get to know you and uh and and love you for it and doesn't judge you for it and and is there with good advice when you need it um but we all i i, I talk to everybody yeah, at different times I, nobody has any sort of animosity and anyone that ever did that's that 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 was buried a long time ago i mean we're, we're all way too old so we sort of back when we were doing the show you know we were kids so we we would fight about stupid shit and argue about stupid stuff and looking back on it now it's all stupid stuff and most of it it's like the fuck are we even arguing about <laughs> yeah Do you, when you guys like had those fights though was it like during the filming or the production and did the producers kind of get in the middle of it because again you guys were all young it's like it's so stupid but did it ever affect the filming of the show no no, it's, uh, I don't think so. I, I mean, there were, there were so many of us and, and there were so many storylines. There was, there was an A, B and a C storyline to every episode. So those storylines kept us all pretty separate. So every once in a while we would cross paths and have to do scenes with people that we didn't necessarily want to do scenes with or weren't getting along with at the time, but we were doing... At, at the height of the show, we were doing like 35 episodes a season. So we would do, we would do these double up episodes where we would shoot two episodes at once, have two crews, two directors, and you would shoot three scenes from this episode. And then you'd go over to stage three and you would shoot three scenes from the other episode. And so it got to the point where it was like, it was just a job. It was like, we, you know, you get to work and it would be all day and you'd be exhausted by the end of it and you couldn't wait to get home. So that, so, um, it like, it, you know, conflicts with other people in the cast and stuff like that really, they, they just didn't hold, they didn't hold enough time or wait. There, there was too much going on and we were, it was insane at that point. I mean, we were all, we were all traveling on weekends and we were doing appearances and doing different stuff. And so it was, it, it was, there was so much going on that, that fights were sort of fleeting. It was like we would have them and then they'd be done within like 20 minutes. They'd be over. Interesting. What was the what was the night that you realized you made it? Like, yeah, obviously this shows a success, but was there one night where you're like, fuck, I'm in this room and like, there's some crazy... What was the night like, dude, I'm in the game? You know, obviously you grew up in LA, but was, like, dude, this yeah, is fucking I've, incredible. I've told this story before, um, but uh, the night that happened for me, we... We had, uh, we had gone to Disneyland for grad night and it was a big deal. And they, and we were on the Tomorrowland Terrace, that stage that comes up out of the ground. And, um, 
not to date us, but like uh, another bad creation was performing. Wilson Phillips was performing. <laughs> it was like, it was this big deal. And, I loved another bad creation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we were, we were there and you know, we, we still, the, the show was relatively new at the time and, and we weren't really aware of what was going on and how many people were watching it and how many people it affected and, and all of that. So we, uh, we were at Disneyland for this grad night thing. And, um, and the stage was the, the stage was up and it was like Wilson Phillips performing. And so we were, there's all the underground tunnels underneath Disney. And so we were waiting in the tunnels to when the stage came down, we would all get on the stage and ride it up. And, so all of a sudden we hear all this like screaming and stuff upstairs. So I'm thinking like, oh, Wilson Phillips must be, you know, doing another song. <laughs> like it's, it's an encore performance. <laughs> Nobody can get enough of Wilson Phillips. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, so we had the idea of, okay, when the stage comes down and we all go on it, let's hide. Cause we were young and stupid and it was, and we, we thought like, Oh, nobody's watching the show anyway. So when the stage comes up, nobody will be on it. <laughs> so we'll all, we'll all be hiding behind like all these things that they had, you know, to decorate the stage. They had like <laughs> boxes and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, so we did, we hid and, uh, and the stage came up and we were all hiding. And so the stage was empty <laughs> and it was like crickets in the crowd. Nobody was doing anything. There was no noise. And then we all at the same time popped out from wherever we were hiding and people went like bananas. <laughs> and like, no matter what you did, you could move, you could move your hand from your pocket to, to your hair and people would react to it. And it was the craziest experience ever. And that was, that was the time for us on stage when we realized like, oh man, people are really watching this show. Like this is, we're, we're doing okay. We're going to be here for a while. I think this is doing well. That's so cool. I, I, yeah. was, I was also thinking because like, you know, obviously 90210 is one of the very, very many shows that you've done. You've done the anger management, you've done Terminator. I mean, your IMDb page is just filled with stuff. Do you still have to audition to get parts like now? Like if you, if yeah. someone calls you up, you still have to audition? Yeah. Really? For the good stuff. Yeah. For the, for the shitty stuff? No. <laughs> they're like we would love to have you on this project you know and it's like it's, <laughs> you know don't don't read too much into the dance number it'll be fine but for the good stuff i have to audition for it what, what which are, I, I think i think that's what makes good stuff good is that they make sure that people are right for characters and so that's the stuff where it's i'm more than happy to audition i don't mind auditioning i mean auditioning i've been on the other side of it so i understand I don't, I don't take the rejection of it so personally because you can't, there are so many factors that go into it. It's, it's writers, you know, having read the script and they had a certain person and a, a certain look and, and feel in mind. And, and if you don't embody that, um, then you may not get the part or, or if you come in with something that's just different enough, they go, Jesus, we never thought about that. That actually, that really works. And so you'll get a part because of that, but it's not, it, there are so many factors involved and there's so many fucking actors that, that are doing it. So it's like you go in to me, I, I study my ass off. I go in, I do the audition and then I throw the sides away and I forget that I ever went into the room to audition. And then if I get a call back, 
then it's like, oh, hey, send the sides again and I'll work on them again or I might, I might still remember them. Chances are I won't because my memory's not that good. Usually, like, I remember stuff just, to, just for while I need it. I did the same thing in school when I had tests. Like, you study really hard, you learn everything, and then as soon as the test is done, you're like, cool, never again. <laughs> like, I don't have to remember any of that stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind auditioning, though. Uh, auditioning, is, auditioning is part of it for me, and I've, I've been auditioning for stuff my whole life. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't take it personally. I don't, and I don't, I, to me, it's exciting when I book something, and then when I don't, um, I don't, think about the fact that I don't I, I I go in an audition and then it's like oh if I get a call back cool I, I forgot that I even went in for that yeah you just move forward move on do you right. have to take like uh headshots and stuff or no no no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling I have a feeling for the most part there are enough pictures online now that, please uh, refer to Google. somebody <laughs> wants to see yeah if somebody wants to see a current shot of me there there's some you know pap shot from yesterday of me coming out of a grocery store <laughs> So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, here's the thing: is though, like, I I totally understand. Like, you don't take it personal. Like, you go into an audition. If you get rejected, or if you get the part, it hey, if you get the part, amazing. If you get rejected, you don't take it personal. But there's a lot of actors out there that like, you know, and a lot of people out there that are desperately in need of money. You know, right. so does, yeah. do you think that affects their work? Like, you're able to go in there. If I get the part, great. It's not gonna change my life. Like, hey, listen, it'll be great money, but. You know, yeah. you're able to go in there with the I don't give a shit attitude. If I get it, great. If I don't, I don't. But there's some actors there that, listen, if I don't get this part, I mean, I'm not going to be able, I'm going to have to move out of California. I'm going to yeah. have to move back to Montana. Is that, yeah. it, does that fuck, does that ruin the audition process for me? Or how do you get, how do you get it's, to that point where you don't care? Well, the thing, the thing that's shitty about it is uh, for the people that you're talking about that put a lot more pressure on themselves when they're auditioning, they, I've been I've been really blessed like when pilot season comes around or auditioning you know it's all different now that everybody's streaming so you don't have pilot seasons the same way as you used to when it was just the networks um but I go I go in and and audition for a lot of stuff so it's it's a much wider net that I'm casting um you know, for a lot of these guys that uh, that are really dependent on booking the next job that they go in and audition for, they they maybe get they only get like three auditions during that time period. So it's like, okay, I need to book one of these three shows. Whereas I'm looking and it's like, okay, you know, chances are I'll book one of these hundred shows that I'm going in for. So I'm not I'm not sweating it that way, you know. But it's. So it's different. I mean, you have you have to really you have to really love this. You have to really love this business and really love acting. And and when I say love acting, you have to love all of it. You have to love auditioning too. You have to love when you read sides and your mind thinking like, um, "Oh, this is fun. What can I what can I do with this that's exciting for me as as an actor?" Like I don't you know it's not. It's not the pressure of like, I'm just going to go in and do what's on the page because everybody's doing what's on the page. Like what, what separates you is going in and doing what you do. And, and, and either somebody gets it and they go, Hey, that's really cool. Or they don't. And if they don't, then they, then they don't. And you're not, you're not right for it. And, and that's, uh, that's just what it is. I don't think you can't, you can't help being not right for something. I mean, if, you know, if, if a part is written and it's a very specific kind of 
person and they have a very specific tone and and look and feel to a character then that's if you don't fit that you don't fit that and it's not it's just the way you were born it's who it's who you are you know it's uh people people book things for completely different reasons you know you you, I, i remember when i was younger hearing the story of james cameron finding uh eddie furlong in a in an arcade playing games and he wasn't an actor at all and and james saw him in an arcade and, and he ended up doing you know terminator 2 which was a huge i mean what a huge opportunity that was um so i kind of i kind of have the feel of like i don't i don't i try not to think of anything as lucky more so than if you love it it's all about preparation meeting opportunity so if you're if you're prepared for whatever it is that you love to do and you bust your ass doing it then when the opportunity comes to show what you can do you're ready the the thing you don't want to do is for somebody to go hey oh yeah i heard you're an actor do do something and you're like uh i don't really have anything you know it's that like that's that could be a moment gone that that you've lost so i kind of feel like people need to be prepared for what they do the same way that artists carry uh carry portfolios in their car you know uh, people have have a way of showing their work and they're proud of it and either in pictures with their phones or whatever people are sort of connected to it and are already and are always uh prepared to share what it is they do and send people to their website and do all that and and what we do is is different but it has to be viewed the same way um, yeah wow I, I, well brian you mentioned um you mentioned paparazzi taking photos of you. I mean, it's no yeah. surprise that, you know, it's no secret that, you, you know, you've kind of been all over the tabloids lately, your personal life. People yeah. even spotted out with everyone jumping to conclusion. What, yeah. what What is that like? What's it like being like this focal point of everyone? It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It's very, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Um, you know what, what people normally do when they get out of something is they date. They, they talk to multiple people at once. They, you know, some people use dating apps. They talk to multiple people. They go on multiple dates. They, they spend time with people until you feel a connection with somebody and then something builds from there. What's unfortunate for me in this situation is I'll literally go on one date with somebody, not even a date, just like meet somebody, have lunch. And all of a sudden it's written as like, oh, his new fling and his, oh, he's, you know, he's playing two women at the same time. And it's like, no, I just, I literally spent one time with each of these women. Like I'm not playing anybody like this is, you know, my life is just, it is much more under a microscope than somebody else's. But when I hear that, when I hear that complaint or that, you know, comparison of like, oh, he's talking to multiple women. It's like, yeah, (laughs) Isn't that, isn't that what you're supposed to like? Isn't that dating? Like you talk to multiple people. It doesn't mean I'm a shitty person. Like that's, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to meet people and and experience life. And then when you start finding commonalities with somebody, then, then it becomes something bigger, but you have to be willing to get out there and put yourself out there. But I get judged for it. Um, I think unfairly, but um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. It's strange. It's strange being under such a, such a microscope that is, 
it's funny, you know, people write about it and they're like, oh, you know, where are the kids, you know, where? And it's like, well, I, I had lunch <laughs> once this week. Like, <laughs> you know, you guys know, like, you know, paparazzi take pictures one time. They get pictures of you going somewhere, coming out of someplace. And then a story is created and then all of the outlets buy the same pictures and the same stories. So it's not, it's not like I have spent an active week going out and seeing somebody literally paparazzi caught me on a Monday and then I don't leave my house for another two weeks. Like I'm home all day, every day with the kids, but I went and had lunch with somebody like that's so to me that, you know, that that's a, the, the, the one, the one view doesn't justify the other. Like they're very, it's you guys know coming from that world. Like it's very, what you read in print and what you see is much different than what the actual experience is. Um, I talked about that with, uh, with this girl, uh, Tina that I've, that I've spent some time with. Um, all of a sudden there was a story of like, Oh, the new love interest, whatever. And I, I, I was on camera talking to a guy saying like, I, I met her, I met her literally on the sidewalk as the guy was taking pictures. That was the very first time I'd ever met her, said hello to her in person, like anything. So, and within 15 minutes, it was like, oh, his new love interest and the new thing. And it's like, I, that's, it's a little premature, don't you think? Do <laughs> like you, it's not, do that's you not have, the best journalism. Do you ever get nervous though that like, you you are so high profile that like do you get nervous that people may want to date you just because it's good for their status sure yeah yeah um yeah absolutely but what am i going to do about it (laughs) well i guess the reason i asked because like I thought that was strange that like there were paparazzi there the second you met her because where were you guys where was it? At her restaurant at uh, Sugar Taco. It's a place on Melrose. And from what she was saying, because they have they have a lot of celebrities and people there, there are there are paparazzi that just hang out there because people frequent the spot all the time. Um, and especially now during COVID, because there's not many restaurants that are open. Um, but yeah, this guy just came out of nowhere with a camera and was was taking pictures, and we were sort of caught off guard. Um, but you never you never know. Yeah, and cool. you, you never know what somebody is in it for, and if there are ulterior motives. And it doesn't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily fault somebody if there were. Yeah, I would fault somebody if they lied to me about it. If I said, hey, so did you have something to do with somebody being at this place? And they said no, and they actually did, that would be that would be more of an issue for me because that's an honesty issue. Mm-hmm. If you said to me, yeah, you know what, this is what I do, and like I had somebody there to take pictures, and you know, how do you feel about it? And and do you not want me to do that anymore? Like we have a discussion about it, that's that's fine. I I people are people and people have their own careers and their own state of mind of things. And, and so I'm, I'm open to all of that. As long as somebody is honest with me when, uh, when they're not honest, um, that's, that starts creating the problem for me because that, that is the red flag thing for me. Like I try and clear everything else out and not hold 
uh, people responsible for other people's actions and whatever, because I, I don't, that's not fair. Um, but I, I think everybody, everybody, one of the things everybody has in common is you either lie or you don't. So I, I want to find somebody that's honest with me and, and, and truthful about stuff. And I want to be able to talk about all of that. And even if it's uncomfortable, then that's, then it's an uncomfortable conversation that we have. And it's a, you know, it's a 15 minute conversation and then it's done. And, uh, but it's, it's the unknown shit that, that is, is scary and, and it sucks. Where, but where are you meeting this, these women? Like Tina, Courtney, like where did you meet these guys, these girls? So, so, so I met both of them on Instagram. Um, I had no idea that Instagram was so much of a dating site <laughs> until I was single because I, up until then, my Instagram page was like, I posted pictures of benches and trees and the ocean and my kids doing stuff here and there. Like my Instagram page was very, I was a total like married dad on it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I started getting DMs and uh, when, when Megan and I separated, yeah, how quickly does and that happen? How quickly does the the press find out and then DMs instant. start flowing in? Instantly. Oh my God, people have Instantly. no shame. <laughs> no shame. No shame in their game at all. Um, so, so you know, I would get these DMs right away, and and when you're going through something like that, and you know, and you're you're hurting, you want. You you feel um, you feel better when somebody is when it seems like somebody is taking your side. And so originally when I was getting these DMs, it was from people saying, you know, hey, keep your head up. It'll all be fine. Don't worry about it. And so I would make the mistake of responding and saying, like, thank you. Not realizing that I'm then opening some sort of a door because that wasn't that wasn't ever my experience of Instagram before then. Um, and and I again I didn't I didn't think Instagram was as much of a dating site as it's turned out to be. Um, I remember you know when I when I hung out with Courtney, um, getting a call afterwards from somebody saying, "Hey, there are pictures of you with Courtney Starr," and I was like, "Oh yeah, how do you know her name?" <laughs> like I had no, I had no idea who she was or any of the past anything. Like I, I had, I had done no research at all. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was told like, oh, this is the past and this is kind of who this person is. And this is what, you know, you might have to experience. Then you have that moment of like, oh shit, like what, do I, <laughs> what have I done? Like why, you know, why did I, the, shit, you know, hindsight again, 2020. Um, I wish I would have known beforehand. Um, <laughs> and then like and Courtney, then, and Courtney, then, go ahead. Courtney was a really nice person though. I mean, I like, I don't, I don't want to badmouth her. She was, she, she may have done some of the things she's done and been the person that she's been and is the person that she is. But when I spent time with her, super kind, super polite. Um, but you know, it was, it was a one, it was, I, I, I had lunch with her one time. Like it wasn't, it, people made this big story out of it that it wasn't. And people have made this big story out of Tina and I that, that it wasn't. Um, 
and I expect they're going to sort of make stories out of whoever I'm seen with. So, you know, uh, ahead of time, mom, if you come over and we go out and eat, I'm sorry uh, <laughs> if there are pictures of us. Um, just don't hold my hand. OK, just don't do that, because that apparently confirms something. And I don't want to I don't want to confirm anything. Now, did you see? You know what is, did you feel? I'm sorry. I, I, gonna, I just want to ask about Courtney. Did you feel a little betrayed by the like the hot tub video that she put out? Because that, yeah. that to oh, me seems like something that's like, this is like a personal thing. Like this, not every moment of us hanging out needs to be shared. Well, it's not even, it wasn't even so much about that. It was when something is shared out of context and she knew she shared it out of context. She knew there wasn't any like, there wasn't any explanation of like, oh, hey, by the way, this video is from a month and a half ago, like when the pictures of us came out or Ashley is a friend of mine. And so he was just saying hi to a friend of mine like that. None of that was there. So she literally posted that the same day that pictures of myself and Tina came out. So it was very apparent, like why she had done it. She wanted to create create a story and create some sort of um, some issues and something to be talked about and and. And, and keep that going, which, you know, that's if if that's the way she lives her life. Um, it's the way she lives her life. I I I feel bad for her because I feel like, you know what, if you had my opinion, if you had some good people around you that would go, you know what? You've you've dealt with enough crap and you're sort of viewed in, in in a questionable way by a lot of people take the high road take the high road of like you met somebody it didn't work out but you guys had a fine time you know you wish them the best like because you can immediately change people's perception of you with that if if she had taken that people right away would have been like that's really that's I didn't expect that from Courtney, and that's really fucking cool that she did that, and good on her. Um, but uh, she wasn't apparently she wasn't given that advice, and and instead it's been about like let me drag this out as you know as long as possible. I mean, let me let me let me write write a song about it's which is fucking insane. That's insane. <laughs> Let's 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 call that like it is. That's insane. I can't. I mean, you know, it's yeah. I mean, like, don't you don't you need to have some sort of connection with somebody to write a song? Like, I don't know. What's funny, too, is when you read into the story a bit, she'll be like, oh, well, the song's not really about him. It's about love. But it was kind of inspired by that. It's like, no, it wasn't. You just wanted to put my name in the story because then people are going to hear your song and they're going to be interested in what you're talking about. She we, we had her on the podcast. She was she was fascinating and strange at the you same guys, time. You guys both had her on? Oh, yeah. We had her on the podcast a while ago, like, a, while ago. Like a year ago or something. Yeah. Before uh, all this. Before all this. Yeah. But the weird part was that she had like some guy come in with her that I swear that was like her boyfriend, but she doesn't acknowledge him as her boyfriend that like she lives. Right. It was the weirdest situation I couldn't put together. And like I said, she's, she's an interesting character. She is. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be judgmental of anyone or, or, or do any of that, but that is, um, yeah, that's a totally different, different realm than my fucking world is in. I, you know, I'm 47 with four kids and I, I'm not, 
I, I'm not, you know, out walking my dogs in, in, you know, bathing suits and shit like that. Like I don't, it's, it's, it's just a very different life. <laughs> I, dude, I got nervous cause not nervous, but like I was wondering cause you know, we saw what Megan out being out and then, you know, she's kind of with someone right now, MGK, but then we saw you and then we started to see the photos with Courtney and Tina. So as a viewer and as a person who sees these stuff in entertainment news, I was, and I called Dax on this. I was like, dude, is Brian trying to be seen with other girls? Like, I didn't know if this was a, a business move or, you right. know, uh, you know, and that's what, you know, by talking to him, I was like, dude, he's like, Dax is like, that's not what Brian is. Like something's, you know, I didn't know if he's picking the right women or what, you know, like it, right. it, it's scary because it's I don't know. So what's you like? What's your relationship now? Like, what do you are you you're still kind of dating or, or how do you find well, women? I mean, now, I've, I, I've been single this th this whole time. I um dating, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm open to meeting somebody, but I'm not my focus, honestly, right now is is on myself and healing with all of this and my kids and, and, and them experiencing it the best way that they can. Um, but I, I, I can't really put a label on, um, on, on what I'm doing. Cause it's, it's different. What I, what I'm doing compared to how it's been portrayed are two completely different things. Like I said, you know, when you, there are pictures of Tina and I twice, I think twice and pictures of Courtney and I once. So even if you just go by that, that's, that's three dates total. It's three dates <laughs> since like Wait, November thing, of Brian, last there, year. Was, there was a story on TMZ saying that Tina broke up with you. And then I was like, you were saying that I was like, what, what was that? So, so Tina, so Tina's really cool. Tina, Tina is really an intelligent woman. Um, she, She's the one who approached me and she and she said to me she was like you know what with with the craziness going around with going around you and and Megan and the whole situation I think what would be best for you is to take some time with just your kids and yourself and um and really work on like just being being alone and healing yourself and going through that. And, and that was cool, uh, coming from her because that she didn't need to say something like that. She didn't have to say something that would exclude her so much from my life, but she, she really, she had a really good outlook on it. And she felt like, okay, I, you know, I, I, I really like you as a person. And so as your friend, I, my opinion is, you need to do this like that you shouldn't be in that mode of finding somebody or rebounding into something or, or finding somebody that's a great distraction or whatever, because that those never work out. That's those are distractions. And, and it, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, the only person that can heal you is you. Um, well, see, like, so I think that is a wonderful thing to say. I think, I, because I'm protective Dax friend, you know, like I, I'm like, Brian, I feel like that was a great thing to say. My heart hurt for you when I see it on a national platform. And I'm like, why right. is this information being put out there? And I think that's the part where I was like, damn it. Like, can't Brian just like move along with his life here? And like, not everything has to be like published to the world. So I think, I think that's when, when I read it, I just like hurt for you. Cause I'm like, no one needs to read this right now. Right. He knew right. you're not that guy. 
Yeah, it's like I I know I know the real Brian. I I and I think that you are such a genuine, nice, kind person. You're like Mr. Family Man, an awesome dad, and so I think that's when I like read these stories. And I'm just like, I just I don't want you to be hurt by this stuff, you know? Right. So yeah, it's. But I mean, it was it was smart of her because the the reality is I do need to take a step back, and and the media circus around it all is insane, and um. And I don't really want to be a part of it, and, and which is why I've been like posting more on Instagram and sort of taking control back of my life and, and what's going on in it and what, what I'm doing with my time. So it's not it's not people kept, you know, capturing it and writing whatever they want. It's like, oh, no, this is this is what I'm doing. Like so people can see it and they can see stories of uh, um Tina's really big on uh, on Instagram and she knows it really well. And so she was like, oh, you know, your fans would probably like to see you see some stories of you. And I was like, I don't even know how to like do a story. on Instagram. <laughs> so so she showed me she showed me how to do that. And then my stories are like, you know, buying carrots because we, <laughs> we have a pet rabbit. And like, here's 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 me feeding the chickens. And it was like, you know, my my life is a bit mundane and boring that way but that's my life um but yeah you're i i appreciate i mean i appreciate that uh with you dax i mean i I appreciate the fact that you and i can talk and and that that we'll have those and that you know me you seem to know me the way you do yeah um and 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 respect me and always give me good advice and and have my back i that that means a lot to me where where does your relationship stand with Meg right now? Obviously, you guys ha- are have to co-parent, so it's not like you can go your separate ways and boom, it's done. You guys have three children together, so h- how is that going right now? I think it's going as well as it can. I mean, it's um, there 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 are no there's no like rule book to it. I mean, there's no there, there's no way of doing it doing it right or doing it wrong you know we're sort of we're we're learning as we go i mean the 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 important thing for us is uh just communicating as as much as we can and i think for us the realization of uh, that we can't take the view of that it won't affect the kids because it will um i think it's up to us and parents in general um how it affects your kids and whether it's a really negative experience for them or or it's okay and they feel safe in it and they feel loved and they feel like, you know what, everyone still loves and respects everyone. Things are just different. But but it's not it's not bad different, it's just different. Um so I you know, I I, I wish Megan the absolute best in everything. I mean I, I, I want her to be completely happy for for her and for the kids and and uh, that that's super important. I mean, nobody nobody wants to be around somebody that's unhappy because that's not that nothing good comes out of that. That's uh, yeah. you know that's that's a terrible situation. Um, but it's we're, we're taking it day by day, and this is this is insane. I mean, this sort of this this happened at a, at an unfortunate time that nobody could have predicted with you know. The, with quarantine and the and the virus and and all of that, where um, the news cycle is a bit a bit bigger than than uh, 
we were prepared for or are used to, but it, it is what it is. You just sort of, you, you roll with the punches, you know? You know, with like a normal relationship, like a, a breakup or a split up, you know, you delete someone on social media and then you never have to see what they're doing ever again. And you go along with your merry way. Is it hard being in the public eye and being confronted with photos of what the other person is doing or what's going on? Because you can't escape it like you can when you're an average person. Is that, is that tough? Um, you, you can, you can, if you ignore it and you avoid it, which is what I try and do. I mean, I try and not read anything and not look at anything and, and, and not, uh, not involve myself in it. Just keep my head down and do what I do and, you know, focus on the kids and, and, and all of that. And, um, I know she's going to do the same thing. I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's judgmental right now because she's out of the country working and and she's not around. And it's like, oh, you know, they're they're trying to say, oh, the, the the parenting or you know, what about the kids? And it's like, this is this is what we do. We we travel and we work. Um, and it's no different now than it's been before, except that we are no longer together. But um, this is what we've been doing for. 15 years we've been traveling and working and you know when one person is traveling and working the other one will step in and 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 take care of things at home and take care of the kids and and this is this situation is no is no different it's it's a little more um it's obviously a little more heightened than it than it was before because of the circumstances but um it's no different it's not it's not for lack of caring she, Megan loves her kids and would do anything for them and, uh, and has, and, and will continue to. So, uh, you know, stories and what, again, there it's, I try and, I try and always view it from the side of paparazzi taking pictures or publications selling magazines or, or driving people to their website, that it's, that it's all business. And, and so when I see somebody with a camera, instead of getting annoyed, like, oh, they're only there just to fuck with me. And that, you know, and, and they're, they're just there for that selfish reason. I, I try and step out of that and go, okay, why are they really here? They want to get a picture so they can make some money and sell it because nobody's making money right now. And they, this is, this is just a job. This is just what they happen to do. Um, so then when you look at, when you look at all of it from that, uh, that perspective and you, you sort of remove yourself and try and put yourself in other people's shoes as much as possible, um, it's a, it's a much more accepting, uh, understanding view of everything than, than staying just in your bubble and, and being pissed at anybody that tries to come into your bubble and realizing that it's not. That it's that this is a world that we live in. There are other people that we cross paths with, and and you know, our our career choice uh, mingles with other people and their career choice, and that's just the way it works. And I can either fight against it, even though they're always going to mingle, or I can I can try and see the uh, the humanity in all of it and understand it. Um, I may not agree with some of it, but, but understanding it has been a huge, a huge point for me and, and understanding, you know, that, that, that pictures are going to be taken of her and, and stories are going to be written and things are going to be said. And 
it's all for that purpose. It's that uh, that people want to people want to drive people to websites and and, and sell magazines and and, and do all of that. Um, it's not necessarily to personally attack me. Um, do you guys do you guys have any rules about new partners meeting the kids? Because I know that's like a tough, hard issue yeah, to discuss. Yeah, we do. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think this is a, I think this is a very um, interesting situation because of what we do and how much we travel and what like. The reality is, like right now, while while Megan's out of the country working, and I have the kids full time, it really limits the amount of time that I can spend doing anything but being at home and being with the kids. Um, so as I think is the rule that a lot of people follow is you don't, you don't want to introduce someone to your kids as somebody that you are interested in or that you have a relationship with until it's a very established relationship and something that you're taking very seriously because you don't want people coming in and out of kids' lives. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, to me, that doesn't necessarily mean introducing the, uh, your kids to people because, you know, they, they meet people all the time. Um, so I think that's a clear boundary. Like if you're, if you're seeing somebody and they happen to be coming over uh, with other people and you introduce them just like you would anybody else as a friend and there's no there there's no weirdness to it and there's no PDA or you know any of that then uh then I don't think I don't I don't think there's any there's any harm in that but there it has to be done in a responsible way and we've we've talked about being as responsible as as we can with the kids and you know we don't we don't want to um put them in a situation or create something that makes them feel awkward or odd we we want to make this as positive an experience for them as possible. Do you think you'll ever get married again? Does it, does that even interest you? Right now? No, no. <laughs> That's speaking for right now. No, no. Um, but, uh, never say never. Yeah. How, uh, you how, know. Yeah. How did you find out? Like, you know, obviously the conversation, how did you find out that she was with machine gun Kelly? Did she tell you or did you read about it? Um, no, I found, I found that in my own, in my own way. And that's, that's as much detail as I'll, I'll give you on that one. Um, no, I didn't, uh, I, no, I didn't, I didn't read about it or, 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 or anything like that. Gotcha. I respect you, man. You're always, you know what? This is so great because I respect because you're always so private about your life. And is is that just how you are? You just like to be private, or is that you know did that evolve when you started being with you know your with Megan or? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I uh, I'm sure a lot of it came from her. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I am that private. I mean, I, I, it's, I, I try and be respectful. Um, so I think that can be misinterpreted as private sometimes, but I kind of feel, and Dax knows this about me. Like I, I, um, I'm pretty open about stuff. Like I don't, when people talk to me, um, I don't, I don't feel any shame in, in, 
in, in sharing hurt or stories or uh, situations or any of that. And then if there's something that I don't, that I don't want to elaborate on, then I just don't. Um, but it's not, it's not one of those like, hey, I don't want to talk about this at all because it's a big, it's a big part of my life. I mean, this is, all of this has been a big part of, of my life and, and who I am and, and part of what is, what is shaping me in, in negative ways and in positive ways. Um, so I kind of feel like, you know, I have this, I have this crazy platform, which uh, is, I don't, I don't totally understand but uh but okay <laughs> if yeah. if you know if people say so then I'll then I'll take it but i have this i have this um this ability to share my life and possibly uh possibly give people little light bulb moments or little things that that uh that they can apply to themselves and that's cool uh, you know i people at People have done that for me. I've had light bulb moments because of things that other people have said. And, and that's not because they've chosen to not say anything. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that, uh, that silence is a good thing. Um, I, think that, uh, I think that being responsible in speaking is a good thing. Um, but sometimes a lot more is said in silence than people realize. And, and sometimes when you give people silence, then you open up the door for them to connect their own dots and make their own story. And uh, I don't want people to be able to do that. Uh, it's, that was why like, I did my, my podcast when, when Megan and I had first um, separated because I wanted people to hear from me unedited exactly what was going on so it was like that you're not going to have to ask me about it anymore you're not going to wonder you're not, you know you're not going to make up your own stories there's not going to be all this press of like what happened here or there but it was literally it was nice because what i said people listened to and then literally every story and all the press following that was exact quotes from what i had said in the podcast and it couldn't be misquoted because people could listen to the podcast and they could, then they would know right away, like, Oh, that's not what he said at all. So nobody wanted to dare misquote because they knew that it, it could be, it could be fact checked, um, easily. Yeah. So that's, that's a line that I always try and, uh, I always try and walk along. Like I don't, I don't necessarily choose to be completely private. Um, unless I feel like, you know what, that's my own business. And so that's, I don't, I, I'm gonna choose not to share that with somebody, but that's that's uh, that's few and far between. So I've got my last question for you because we've kept you way longer than we were supposed to. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I have no. Oh <laughs> Jesus, twelve thirteen. Yeah, you have. <laughs> but I want to hear your craziest paparazzi interaction. Like, what was the story that you were like? holy shit, that was wild. I don't know if it's like them following you down the street. I don't know if it's like them taking photos in the weirdest spot. I'm just curious of like your craziest paparazzi interaction. I think the, so, so paparazzi, paparazzi sort of came up and started, like I saw it all happening because there was no paparazzi back when we were doing 90210. And then 
when Megan went and did Transformers and all of that, we saw it starting and I knew like it was it was this up and coming thing. And I, I watched it happening with Brittany and, and with um with uh Nicole Richie and 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 that whole and Paris Hilton and, and all of that. Um there was one time though this this older house that we lived in at Woodrow Wilson and, and Mulholland over in that area we had a we had a Karen Terrier that um Karen Terriers are just loud loud dogs. They just like to bark at everything. They just love to be heard. That's just their that's their thing. And so we had this Karen Terrier that anybody that would walk by, any noise it heard, it would bark, it would, you know, it would, it would it would do that. And one of the neighbors called animal control because our dog was barking. So I was in the house and somebody rang at the gate and I answered the phone and they said, oh, it's animal control. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So I went out to the gate to open the gate. And when I opened it and this woman, this animal control uh, officer was standing there, there were probably 30 paparazzi oh. standing right outside the gate. And, and they were, and, and they were all like, Hey, good morning. And they all started. And so she came in real fast and we closed the gate so nobody could get any pictures. But it was this real, like, it was this total surreal moment of like, fuck, I am a prisoner in this house. Like this is, I've, I need like a bat tunnel. Like I need, you know, I need something to be designed that I can like sneak out of here and sneak back in. And nobody knows that I've gone anywhere. And unfortunately we couldn't do that. But, uh, that was that was a moment with paparazzi where I really, I felt the, um, I, I felt that, uh, that sort of house arrest feeling of like, okay, I'm now, a, I've now been barricaded in here. Like this isn't, I, I can't leave and drive because when I drive, they follow me, they take pictures wherever. It doesn't matter how fast I drive or if I try and wait to make a left until the last minute where they should have stopped, but they don't, they're like, Oh fuck it. They just honk and they run through lights anyway. So <laughs> it became like, it just became this craziness and, and it was, it, it became way easier to just stay at home. Wow. Um, not because we wanted to, but because that just was what it was. I mean, we, you and I talked before about like the Hawaii trips that Megan and I would take mm -hmm. and you know, we would, we would get to Hawaii and think like, oh, we're on vacation. And there would be paparazzi on the beach trying to take pictures of us through our hotel window blinds. Uh, to, so we, we didn't even want to leave our room. And it was like, we're in fucking Hawaii. Like this, this sucks. This, we can't get away from this at all. And at the point when you start feeling like, uh, like you're a slave to all of it, then you realize like, okay, I th something has to fucking change. Something has to give. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Such yeah. a wild life. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's insane. Well, well, I appreciate you giving like an insight to what that life is like. Cause I don't think <laughs> people just don't really realize they hear about it, but you just make it, a, you humanize it. Yeah. Cause everyone it, goes, you know? Oh, being famous. It's so awesome. And you, you know, there's all these perks, but there is, a side of it that maybe is not all fun and I'm not saying that you live a terrible life by any means don't take it like that I just think that there is a reality behind the curtain too yeah it's it I think um I think my life and and a lot of other people's lives are viewed in very different ways because 
the tabloids and the media sort of frame them that way. And so they get these little slivers of things and they assume that's their life. And it's like, no, that is a tiny little snapshot of what my life happened to be during that 30 seconds when that picture was taken. Yeah. That's, and that's 30 seconds of weeks of my life. So if you look at the 30 seconds of your life or if anybody looked at, you know, 30 seconds of, of their life, like a time when they, when they think like, thank God nobody is around with cameras. And then imagine if somebody was, um, how shitty that would be. Yeah. And feeling like, okay, I can't, I can't do anything stupid because it's, it's seen by everyone and it's judged by everyone. So. Well, thank you, Ryan. We're not going to keep you. I'm sure. Hey, thank you for having me. I, you guys. Good are, luck with everything. Congratulations on the show doing well. Thank That's you. Awesome. Bro, it's, thank it was you fun so having much, two buddy. of my favorite people on at the same time. <laughs> 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 Chatting all together. Uh, but again, thank you, Brian. People can find Brian on obviously Instagram. Once he figures out how to use it, it's just Brian Austin Green now. <laughs> yeah, which I, which I, I newly changed. It used to be yeah. aren't underscore you underscore that. And somebody was like, what the fuck is with you and all the <laughs> underscores in your name like nobody's ever gonna find you and i was like all right so now he is findable at brian austin green but again yeah. thank you and for brian, your- do me a favor before he, these girls d you know we respond to dm google these girls okay dude <laughs> can you do me dude, a favor just google I, these girls again hindsight is is, is 2020 in this situation like, I, I don't i don't respond at all anymore i love it well thanks brian i appreciate it thanks for your honesty and just the the reality and just you know speaking up about uh just What's Life? what's your normal? I really appreciate it. Right on. All right. Good to know you, man. Good, Good time, right. dude. Crazy, right? Insane, insane. I mean, I told I you, honestly, I told you, he is like the most honest, genuine, like nice guy out there. He like he was really just a a sweet person, and I think that's why I've like felt like a little overprotective of him over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like seeing all these stories, and I just feel like. And it wasn't like he was getting a, a bum rap or anything. I just felt like he was misunderstood. And, you know, it, I just know what a nice person he is. Yeah, it's uh, I'll tell you what, man. We always say this, but I honestly fucking mean this. I really do. I could have sat there and talked to him for another hour and a half. Dude, we, we were literally supposed to have him on for like a half hour, maybe 45 it's almost been an hour and a half. <laughs> but you know what Saber's like? Even like the first part of our conversation about like biohacking and milk and hell is like, I'm already enjoying the conversation. I don't like, this is my shit. Like yeah. I just, you're right. He, I, you know, that's my first time really going to connect with him. But uh, you are right. I uh, I could have kept talking to him forever. So now that we're done with the interview, my, I always like to ask you, Dax, what is the big takeaway that you took from this interview with Brian Austin Green? The big takeaway is I think that I think he's learning a new life is what I I see. I think that he has been in a relationship for many, many, many years. I think that he's trying to figure out not necessarily like who he is, but like where his place is in life. You know what I'm saying? Like you go from being like Brian and Megan to now your Brian father of, you know, one, two, three, four kids. And, and I think he's just trying to like figure out like what's right. What's the right step? Like, should I be dating people? Should I not be dating people? Like, is it look weird if I'm not, but like, I, like I want to meet people cause I'd also don't want to be a lonely person. So I think he's just trying to figure out him himself right now. Yeah. I was glad that he explained a little bit what he's been seeing in the tabloids a lot. Cause 
you know, you see Megan with Machine Gun Kelly, and then you see Brian with these other girls that are not Machine Gun Kelly. They they almost they're they're just they're you just see him on the street, the paparazzi catch him like. Is this him trying like to get his face back out there to say that he's moved on too? I don't know. It was just a really weird situation, but I was glad that he clarified it. Like the Courtney Sodden thing. It was just one time. Like he just went and got lunch. But interesting, they all met him on Instagram. Yeah. They just DM'd him on Instagram. So if you're some horny girl, <laughs> listen, Brian's still a very good looking guy. You know, if you have a clean record, I highly recommend reaching out to him. But uh, he will potentially say hi <laughs> <laughs> no really he's just um, a really a great person um but no that that was that was fun it was interesting to you know hear his perspective on life he has a very different perspective because listen he has really been one of those people that is at the focal point of the paparazzi you know what i'm saying like his relationship was constantly photographed constantly scrutinized you know at every step of the way so you know, but Dax, let me ask you this: Because he was very aggressive with the paparazzi, because he didn't give up the shot, do you think that became like a battle for the paparazzi that they wanted the shot even more, oh, or is it I just more so. of like? Yeah, I think the more so, elusive you make it, the harder to get it, then the more valuable it becomes. Interesting. So, hindsight, would you say, hey, just give up the shot, give them what they want, and they'll leave you alone? Or if you even if you give them what they want, they would still keep attacking you because then it's an easy shot. I feel that I can't talk about that because i can't understand it i'm not yeah. you know i i have no knowledge i've personally been photographed like what four times maybe in my life by a paparazzi and it was weird and awkward but i can't imagine you trying to go to a store and everything that you wear is criticized every you know one hair is out of place and you get put on a bad fashion list like you know what i'm saying like you can't do anything so I can't say what they did was right or wrong, but like it worked for them. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they navigated through it. So, dude, insane, man. Insane life. Well, guys, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. And uh, you can find me at, at Adam Glynn on all social media platforms. You can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt. Uh, we're on TikTok. Follow us on TikTok at the Hollywood Raw. And, uh, you know, thank you again to. Uh, Parkville Media to uh, Historic to uh, Primetime Signatures and we'll see you guys later. A Parkville Media Production.